and everybody has it back again. Don't take no mess at the rose garden. Jesus, they're on fire. They're what we desire. The men in black can handle it. Other teams can scrapple it. How they win that game today? There's just one thing you can say. How does somebody shoot that three? Believe it, it ain't easy. How did Brian jump so sweet? Believe it, it ain't easy. It's the flying dot that's in your lap. Welcome back to the Rose Garden Report podcast. I am Sean Hyken, the author of the Rose Garden Report newsletter, which you can subscribe to at rosegardenreport.com. You can find the podcast on YouTube. Even if you're not watching it on YouTube, you should still subscribe because that helps me. You can get the podcast on Apple, Spotify, Google, all the other usual places. Make sure you rate and review We're on the Odyssey app as well because we're part of the Odyssey family. The Blazers season is over, finally. I mean, it's been... It, you know, functionally, it's been over for a few weeks once they pulled all their regulars and shut them down. And they were just kind of playing out the string with G League guys. But it's actually over now. They finished with a 33-49 and 49 record. They officially have the fifth highest odds for the number one overall pick. They will have a 10.5% chance in the draft lottery. I will be in Chicago next month for the draft lottery and the Combine. And so as, you know, it gets closer to that, and especially once we find out what pick they have, we're going to do some more draft stuff, look at some of the different guys that they could be looking at with that pick, depending on where it lands, you know, get into some of that kind of stuff in May. But this is a very important episode today. This is one that I've, you know, had circled since preseason. So you go back to the preseason in late September, early October, somewhere in there. Eric and I did our preseason predictions for the Blazers season. And now that the season is over, we have revisited those predictions and we got some of them right and we got some of them wrong. So we get into that at the top and then we kind of get into both of our impressions of the Blazers exit interviews, particularly the comments from Chauncey Billups and Joe Cronin, who addressed reporters as well as Damian Lillard, Jeremy Grant, Yusuf Nurkic, Anthony Simons, and Shaden Sharp. So we get into a lot of that, you know, we get into some kind of looking ahead to the off season. Uh, it, it, it's just, it's kind of that, that's kind of the tenor of this discussion is kind of looking at why things went wrong this season, what we think needs to happen, or we think will happen this summer to maybe correct some of that. And just kind of a lot, a lot of that kind of more forward looking stuff is kind of what we get into here. So let's get into that right now. Yeah, the, 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 the tale of the tape. The tale of the tape. We are going to revisit all of our predictions. If you go back, and this is like A, before the season started, B, before we were on YouTube, before we were with Odyssey, we yes. each made five preseason predictions. And what we're going to do now, I think we got some of them right. I have them pulled up here. We had some hits. Yeah, we'll get some partial credit, maybe. We had some big misses. Yeah. Unlike and, unlike in the sports book, we can give each other partial credit. Yes. Yes, we we can, you know, we did not actually, or at least I didn't. I can't speak for everybody on here, but we did not actually, <laughs> I did not actually put money on any of this. Yeah, what, what, some of it I did. Okay. I okay. So here is what we're going to, so I'm just going to, I'm going to start, I'll do one of mine and then I'll do one of yours. Okay. I think both of our first ones here, we can take W's on. 
Okay. Whether officially or unofficially. So my first one was both rookies will earn minutes. And I actually was more confident that Jabari Walker was going to earn minutes quicker than Shade and Sharp because I thought that Sharp was going to be a project and they were going to like maybe redshirt him for part of the year and not play him. Shaden played pretty much from day one. Jabari was playing pretty consistently. Some of it was due to injuries, but even before they shut everybody down, he was in the rotation. He got real minutes. Mm-hmm. No, that was great. I mean, I, I kind of agreed with you about Jabari just because, you know, he was kind of like the star of Summer League. And the impression that was given about Shaden was that he was a project, like mm-hmm. that he was a guy that wasn't, gonna play and that because also because he didn't play at kentucky and he didn't even play in summer league and uh yeah i think yeah no you nailed that i mean and shaden i think exceeded even your uh you know pretty positive expectations i think of him playing so that i think was definitely a positive to take away from the season for sure and i thought i'm pretty sure when i made that prediction i thought that it was gonna be like by all-star, he would earn minutes. I thought mm-hmm. it would be like a slow, gradual thing. I did not think that Chauncey was going to play him from day one. Yeah, a game one. Trying yeah. to make the playoffs. The only two games that he missed the entire season are were this one game on that first road trip where he had a finger injury, and then the game against the Spurs last week when he had left knee tendinopathy. For those of you not watching on YouTube, I'm doing very big air quotes here for the left knee tendinopathy. And then he was listed as quest. He ended up playing in the last game of the season, but he missed that. He missed it with, or he was listed as probable with it with then a right quad contusion. Mm-hmm. So that those are the only two games he missed. And I mean, we'll talk about this more once we get past our revisiting the predictions. We're going to talk kind of more about just like our impressions of the exit interviews and uh, thoughts on the off season. But I think Shaden might have played himself out of being traded this summer yeah i mean i think i think we can get more into that definitely definitely as we continue so your first prediction that i think whether he actually gets the votes or not your first prediction was dame makes all nba so i don't know whether he is going to make all nba i think he will but i think I mean, there's going to be some people who maybe hold against him the fact that his team didn't make the playoffs. So I I don't know where the votes are going to shake out, but the spirit of the prediction was Dame is going to have an all-NBA caliber season and he's going to be back to what he was before the injury. And I think it's pretty fair to say that there's no really way to ar- real way to argue that he didn't do that. Yeah, I think the, the, the spirit of that take was Dame is not washed and Dame right. is going to come back and be Dame again, which yes. was my my was was this really the impetus behind that take and the impetus between behind some other takes that i had before the season yeah and clearly he did he had he did it the was best yeah, yeah, season yeah the, of his career the blazers not making the playoffs or the play in had nothing to do with Dave. right i do think it's pretty funny and i'm not somebody who cares about like these you know awards discourse i try to avoid it as much as possible i don't have a vote i don't want to vote I do think it's pretty funny that we still have people who are like, oh, Luca's a locker first team. We got to put Luca on first team. And then they're saying people are like, yeah, I don't know if we can put Dame on any of the all NBA teams because these team didn't make the playoffs. Okay. All right. Yeah. And even though like, I, I, 
I, I just don't understand how that how Luca gets a pass and and Dame has to suffer and not even get a third team or a second team even when he was clearly one of the best six guards in the league this year. And I don't even think that's like I don't think that that's like a hot take. He was. And uh, I mean, like Drew Holiday getting votes for that spot, like because he's on the Bucks, like seems a little bit like like okay yeah if, if dane played with Giannis, would he get votes even if he wasn't putting up what he's putting up like it just doesn't make any sense so uh for me uh is all i'm saying so uh yeah it, it, i hope he makes all nba and I, I think but spiritually yeah i think spiritually i was correct in that prediction we're both getting w's on our first take the second take we both pretty much had the same version or like different versions of the same take and this is another one that we got right Yours was they will make a trade in season, and mine was two rotation players will be traded. So we both, I mean, we don't yeah, need to both, go all over the whole Gary Payton stuff again, but Josh yeah. Hart and Gary Payton both got traded. So that's two rotation players. They made a trade. They made two trades, actually. Mm-hmm. So, okay. Like, we don't really need to spend too much time on that one. Now we're going we're gonna to both take some L's, again, on the same topic. You went you you were a lot loftier on this one than I was. You said oh, yeah. their defense was going to be closer to league average than the bottom of the league. I said <laughs> their defense would be not, I was a little bit more conservative. I said their defense would be bottom 10 but not bottom 5. And we both got that we one. Both, they did not clear either of those bars. <laughs> they were they were 27th in the league in defensive rating. <laughs> so okay they're like yeah <laughs> oh man yeah that, that that was yeah that went that was a disaster uh they were horrible on defense i don't think we have to revisit i don't think we have to dig no, into really that one. i don't I think mean, we have to i don't think we have some to of this that, was that like hard. justice winslow getting hurt in december but like justice winslow getting hurt a bench player should not be like the reason that your defense falls off a cliff i said the same well, thing and about some of it like, was also like we were when we were saying these things we were not expecting gary payton to not be back until you know january 1st basically yeah you know that was another probably impetus behind that prediction was like okay they they, their big free agent acquisition was a guy who was a defensive specialist. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like that was – and and he didn't play. And was very good on that end when he did play. Yeah, but he – yeah, exactly, but he didn't play. So, like, he played, like, eight, seven, eight games, like, or whatever it was. I don't 16, even, I think. 16, 16 games. Okay, so I'm sorry. Uh, but, yeah, so, no, we but we but we got that wrong. I, th- I think I, no matter what our reasons were, we got that shit wrong. Excuse me. Yeah, we took big L's on that one. Uh Here's another uh, L for both of us. Or no, my, mine's a W. I took a W on this one. It was a pretty easy prediction to make. And this was a realm you didn't go into. You didn't really go into any of the off-court, like, league, you know, team business, league business stuff. Uh-huh. I said there wouldn't be a sale before the end of the regular season. And there is not a sale. I think it's a possibility it happens this summer. But, yeah, that didn't happen. Okay. And then you said and this is where eric's gambling corner comes in yeah oh boy yeah you said it was a lock that they would hit the over on the 39 and a half wins yeah no they did not yeah they did not that was (laughs) so uh, you know uh i i my friends so some a couple of my other friends we do this we do an nba over under pool Uh uh-huh and we pick 10 over unders and one of my picks was of course the blazers and sure but i ended up winning 
because I got seven out of ten correct. So I was good at picking the over-unders, just not the Blazers. The two easiest ones to pick before the season, if I remember correctly, were the Sacramento over, because it mm-hmm. was just obvious that they were going to be, no matter what, trying to go for the playoffs. And even right. like their over was like low 30s. So like they ended up getting significantly higher than that, but... That was an easy one to pick. And then I think the Charlotte uh, over-under was some crazy high number where you look at that and you're just like, why would anybody not take the under here? Yeah, my picks were... So I I was... Yeah, o- those on? I, yeah I, ha- I have them right here. I, I was over on Detroit, okay, which is wrong. I yeah. was over on Portland, which was wrong. And then over on Chicago, 41 and a half. Got that wrong. Okay. But uh, over Orlando, under Charlotte, under Phoenix over philly under dallas and under washington so they're pretty solid so all those did hit so uh i think you have to add another w to uh washington just be based on some things that have happened on (laughs) social media today (laughs) oh my gosh like i think kyle kuzma just like I think Kyle Kuzma's tweets count as like a number, another win in the over under. So many of those, like he just had bar after bar. It was like it was like it was it was I've it was one of the best player Twitter threads I've ever seen. I enjoyed maybe, the crypto line. Best. I enjoyed well, oh, the crypto oh line. Oh my god! Yes. The only way you're going to be worth your contract is if someone pays you in crypto. <laughs> at, and, and then he and then he made he referenced like at the price that crypto is at now. Yeah. Which, I, I have to say, do you, do you remember like a year ago, Spencer Dinwiddie released these shoes that had like 3G chips in them so that they displayed the price of Bitcoin in real time? Did those ever come out? Like, did anybody buy those? <laughs> I don't think anybody bought those. <laughs> Apparently, so I looked up the press release about it. The price was one Bitcoin, which at the okay. time was like $40,000. Okay. I wonder. I wonder what the price. I don't know the price of Bitcoin right now, but I it's wonder less than that. I think now. Okay, it's okay. definitely less than that. Um, okay, so maybe you can get them at a discount. Yeah, yeah, maybe. I or yeah, I I hope that or maybe that person just ended up not making them, or maybe it was just like who knows what happened there. And because I, I can't imagine that many people would have bought those. To be honest, <laughs> like like the the Bitcoin live price shoe. Like where where are you going to wear that? Like, yeah, I I, 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 like, I just don't like that. That's where I'm at. Was like, it's like I, I don't understand. I think I, he might have overestimated the number of people who are such big Spencer Dinwiddie fans that they want to buy the Bitcoin live stock ticker shoes. Maybe on Did Shitty Island they have that. <laughs> that's also a great. <laughs> line, we don't have any. We don't have very many good actual disses anymore from NBA players. So. No, no. It, it, that one was just like Mwah. we we haven't we haven't seen because uh, we've so much you know like for the last like ten years. 15 years it's really been like ah uh, you know the brotherhood like we're all yeah just, everybody's all, friends they all we're play all friends together. we're all we all hang out like we all work out we all go to the chris brinkley's gym like this is like not some good natured trash talk yeah, like no, this, this is, is actually like, this like, is like some beef right yeah here. i guess they've been watching that netflix show that a lot of people are watching what is that show i haven't i haven't it, it's like a, it's like a it's a show about these two people that get into like a road rage incident and then they just like they have beef okay and, and like I, I haven't watched the show, but that's the gist of it, from what I understand. Okay, so our next predictions. This is uh probably you know I'd say another L for both of us. Mm-hmm. Uh, I said that Anthony Simons was going to get most improved player votes. 
Maybe he'll get, I mean, the, the votes aren't out yet. Maybe he'll get like a couple of third place votes, but the spirit, just like how the spirit of your Dame makes all NBA prediction was Dame is going to be back and be, you know, back to his all NBA self. The spirit of this one was Ant is going to make the leap and be like in the all-star conversation, be talked about then that way. And he had a good year, but that did not that did not. No, no, he didn't, he didn't make the leap. Uh, if you will, like he made a, he, he grew, I think he improved. I don't think he like made the leap to like super duper stardom, right. um, which is what I think we were kind of going for there. Yeah. Your next one was there would be improved guard rebounding. And that was true when Josh Hart was on the team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that, that was true for the brief, you know, time that Gary Payton was, was here. When Justice also was playing, like, yeah. like, 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 like that, th- there was a little bit more there. And to be fair, uh, like, spent, uh, uh, Matisse Thibel, like, mm-hmm. he, you know, he that was, that was the strength of his too. Once he started playing, and I'll give I'll give you partial credit on that one. I see where, like, I see where that was coming from. It wasn't completely off base. Thank you, thank you. And now we both have the same prediction for the final result of the season, and yeah. They're both we're both taking L's on this one. Mm-hmm. We both said they would make the playoffs out of the play-in. Oh for two. Oh for, oh for two. On yeah, that. yeah. Definitely did not did not hit on those ones. Those are definitely L's. Uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, hey, uh, we we looked great to start the season. Yeah, that first month. That first month, we were we were talking about like we were talking some big shit. It was uh-huh. like like it was like it was like we're right like. We yeah. had the, we had, the, I think we had multiple episodes of the podcast where, uh, the title of the episode was like good vibes and optimism or something to that effect. Uh-huh. Which there was, I mean, there I were, mean, yeah, it, those it, like post game, those post game interviews after like Jeremy or Josh hit those shots on that first road trip. Uh, yeah. and they were like, they was doing like the group celebration stuff when like Brooke was doing the post game interviews. <laughs> No, I mean it, it. It it really was, and it, it was a time. It, yeah, it just it just kind of, uh, yeah, it just kind of got away from them, and it just it it really they were never re- really able to regain control of of the season after after they kind of like that that start that they had. I, I feel like they when they came home, they had like that weird game. Like I think it was like the first ser- the first games that I started covering them. Like it was the Utah, they, like, the, like that Utah Brooklyn San Antonio San Antonio. Homestand, where like they they probably should have lost to San Antonio, like they like they went to overtime with San Antonio, they won that game, but it was like this team just went ten and like they were playing so well, and then they come to home, they come home and they're playing a team that is so is tanking, and they were in a dogfight with them, and then they lose to Brooklyn, like. They had like, I mean, they gave up like Ben Simmons' best game of the season mm-hmm. uh, against them, and then like that was really kind of like the start of things. Where and then they lose to Utah straight up. They lose that game at home on the buzzer beater to Jamal Murray. Like they just had I, like it, it was. They started off the season so well with a lot of like heavy road games, and I thought like it was just weird how at the start of the season they just like. Looking back on it, it should have been a red flag that they were really not playing well at home. Well, but the thing is, you look at the, uh, you know, like that early start, and one of the things I was pointing to at the time as a as a reason to be optimistic was they weren't just playing bad teams, and that was why they got off to the 10-4 and four start. Like, they beat 
Phoenix in Phoenix with Dame and Ant both out. They beat Denver in that first or second game of the season. They beat uh They beat Phoenix twice. They beat yeah. Phoenix in the home opener. They beat yeah. Sack. They and beat like, uh they beat New Orleans when New Orleans had all their guys. Like they had Zion and Ingram. Like they 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 beat a fully healthy New Orleans team without Dame. Yeah. And, like they had like some I mean, the, sac- games, the like, Sacramento win that they had at the start of the season, you know, that was a good win. Like, I mean, Dane didn't even play well, and they still won that game. Like, it, they had they, exactly they, to your there point. There was something. Like, there was something there. There was a good team in this team somewhere, and it they just, just couldn't find it. Which the is problem like kind was of a concern. And we're gonna opinion. get to we're gonna get to this when we talk about the exit interview stuff. But to me, one last thing about just like going back to specific moments in the season. To me the time that it really went sideways. If you want to pinpoint the exact moment that everything just kind of went off the rails and it never really got back on was those two games in a row in Oklahoma city on the December road trip. Mm. The first Mm -hmm. one, Dame breaks the scoring record for the franchise and they lose on the last possession of the game. The second game, it was also a close game. They lose it, which I mean, I know Oklahoma City ends up being a play-in team, so they aren't, like, a tanking team like everybody thought they would be at the beginning of the season. Like, they're actually, like, a decent team. But you have to split one of those two. You have oh, to, yeah. You have to get one of two. And then the second game of that two-game, you know, back-to-back series against Oklahoma City was where Justice Winslow had the ankle sprain, and he never played again the season after that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's... It's, it's, you know, you don't want to be, yeah, I think you're totally right. You have to split that if you're a team that wants to make the playoffs uh-huh. or if a team, and I know that other teams like, look, other teams fell to Oklahoma city a lot this season. It wasn't like they were like a walkover, but no. you have to do that. If you were a team that had the aspirations that the team had and to lose those games was to fall short of expectations, even if they weren't, even if they didn't, even if they weren't like, horrendous losses like in a vacuum yeah they in, you gotta in, in get con- one of those two yeah in the context of the season they had to get one they just had to yeah and it's like it also just like it sucked like for the vibes it sucked that like the game that dame became the franchise's all-time leading scorer which should have been like one of the coolest moments of the season he was like not even happy about it because it happened in a loss so he couldn't even like get excited about that and then the next game justice gets hurt and it's just an ankle sprain and so you think okay he'll be back in a few weeks and then he just didn't play again this season and he had two different procedures in march that ended up like honestly i don't know where like where justice goes from here as far as like it's not a good sign that that first procedure that he had, the bone marrow injection, when he, they first announced that, I googled other NBA players that have had that procedure, and the first name that came up was Festus Azili, so that's not the most encouraging thing in the world. No, that's bad. Um, so, well, that sucks. I mean, he's had a rough career with injuries, yeah. and... Um, Just as a good dude, too. Really nice guy, so I hope he's able to, you know recover from this one and get some help yeah if he wants to play to get another chance to play uh yeah because he should i mean i think he showed i I think it would also like one of the things about it that is just like not like from obviously would have helped but he could show too like i feel like i think i think the league had kind of like you know he's kind of like thrown in in the clippers trade i feel Mm -hmm. like the league had kind of like turned their back on him as like someone who would be useful. And he found a role here. And that was like, it was kind of like one of those things that would have been really cool 
to conti- see continue. Uh, so yeah, I'm totally with you on hoping that justice is cool um, and good moving forward. But yeah, that's that's just you don't love to hear that. So, moving off the predictions, I think we can basically say that we 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 both had some 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 hits in like some of the individual stuff. Mm-hmm. We both took pretty big L's on like the big picture, how we thought the team was going to do on the season type of stuff. Yeah, I was at the exit interviews on Sunday. You were not, but you also you still had thoughts. Blazerbanter.substack.com. You don't write very often, but when you do, it's usually a hitter. And I thought that what you did in the aftermath of that was. And so I'll give kind of my thoughts as somebody who was there and as somebody who's been on, you know, around the team day to day the entire season. But I'm interested in just kind of your big takeaways of, you know, the exit interviews and just kind of where the team is going to go from here, what you want to see happen in the off season and just kind of all that stuff. Well, I mean, I guess I'll start with some of the positives. Like obviously Shaden was, was, is a positive. I think the way he played was great. And I think gives you some hope that he can move into the starting lineup as the, as a starting two guard and gives you the option to shop Anthony Simons, you know, because while Simons is good and very, he's a good player starting caliber, we both said he improved, even if maybe he didn't improve as much as we had hoped this season. Mm-hmm. He's still very good at a highly valuable skill in the NBA in that he can create his own three-point shot and hit them at a very, very high rate for the across the league. And so I think that gives you options. If it, you know, I think that gives you an attractive asset to to trade someone. And and so I think. That I, I, but you know, that wasn't really mostly about what my column was. It was kind of also about just like in general, like I just think there needs to be like a, a moment where the this team, like, just they're either going to have to be serious about winning or they're gonna not, uh, ser- like, like serious about winning right now, or they or they're not gonna be. And I think, I think they talk the talk that they want to be serious. I think with Dame, in my opinion. He's earned the right to have them try. And I don't really agree that like just going for a full process thing is going to really work out. Uh, I think you only come across guys like Dame once every once in a while, and you need to maximize your opportunity while you have guys like him. And I think, you know, shade and playing well opens that up to trade ant and to do stuff. But I, I think, I still have a lot of questions about like where this team is headed, what, who they're targeting, what kind of players they want, and also how they want to play because, and how Chauncey Billups wants to play. And I think he's, I think, you know, he's still in his second season. He probably is still figuring himself out, but this is not figure yourself out time anymore. Unfortunately, it's, this is time for Dame to like, this is time for them to take a step forward and take a shot with Dame. And and I think Chauncey is eager to show that he can coach a veteran team, but, you know, he had a veteran team to start last year, flawed as they were, and they weren't good. And so, and, 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 it, and it didn't click and things didn't go that well. And so I'm just a little skeptical um, and I, on just like, yeah, I think they should get some vets. And I think everyone says the same thing, but I'm also just kind of skeptical that like, 
just getting vets is going to be, is just going to fix everything. Like I want, like, I think they need a, a more sophisticated offensive approach. I think they need to try and play to Dame's strengths offensively a little bit more, which, you know, I, and, and I think they just have, they had a lot of meat left on the bone for this season that I think, um, yeah, it's great that they got the 10.5% chance for Wembenyama, but like, they only did that because they didn't play well. And I mean, they didn't, they didn't even come close to hitting their over under. I mean, it's just like, they did not play up to expectations. And like, at some point that fall, that, that accountability has to fall somewhere. Mm-hmm. And I, and I think uh, it definitely falls on the front office and it falls on the coaching staff and Chauncey. I think it falls on, on them as well. Like, I, I just think that we've seen Dane be so successful without them that when they're not successful with him, you start to wonder what the heck's going on. Yeah, and to his credit, I think Joe, you know, did a good job of admitting that and acknowledging that. He was asked during his exit interview about, you know, his assessment of Chauncey, and he said, like, I didn't do a very good job of giving Chauncey the kind of roster that he needs to succeed. And I think, you know, the point that he was making there was, at the beginning of the season, when they had all their guys and their rotation was Dame, Ant, Josh, Jeremy, Nurk, and then you had, like, Justice, you, and, you know, you had guys off the bench who were NBA players. And then once a couple of those guys got hurt, Justice got hurt, uh, Nurk was in and out of the lineup, Dame had the calf thing. At that point, you didn't have other vets that you could plug in and they'd at least be able to get you through because, like, suddenly, like, oh, Keon Johnson has to play, you know, a lot of minutes and he's not ready or Trenton Watford who and by, by the end of the year, I think proved that he, you know, is going to be a rotation player next season, even when the team is hopefully a lot better than they were this year. But at the beginning of the season, he was still figuring some stuff out too. And Joe was very honest about like, yeah, we, I leaned a little bit too hard into the, we're going to take swings on guys with upside and try to develop players. And then it, and it came at the expense of when you have any injuries, which, you know, in retrospect, they should have, uh, you know, anticipated this, that no team is going to be 100% healthy the whole year. Every like, And this is kind of why I don't really have a lot of patience for when they try to say, oh, well, you know, you know, we had all these injuries to these guys. Every team dealt with injuries. Like, the, yeah, every I mean, team but, always yeah, deals with injuries. Yeah, I mean, every day on national talk shows is about this guy, this so-and-so missing a game. Like, it's yeah. just like, it's par for the course. And, and it's going to continue to be that way as guys come into the league with chronic injuries, like from, from playing careers of AAU basketball, like when they were teenagers. So it's just going to happen. And so like, you got to deal with it. And yeah. And I think also too, I'm going to be honest, like, I think this, I think the front office too, I mean, I'm glad Joe admits it, but like, I think they did maybe a little bit of the same thing with the coaching staff where it's like, everything is player development. Everything is player development. Like, it's just like, you do need like, the coaches on the Terry Stotts teams, like they did player development and they watched film and they came up the game plan and they scouted. Like, it's like, I, I do think that there is like, there needs to be like, and, and, and more so also too, when like, you know, Chauncey admittedly is trying to find his, his himself as a coach. I just think uh, having some, some more experience there would help and, and, and maybe some more strategic experience. Um mm-hmm. As opposed to just, you know, and, and I'm not saying that player development is not important because we saw, like, like you said, Watford. I mean, like Scott, he works with Scott Brooks, and and one of it, and his three point shooting improved 
a great deal because he was working on that with Scott Brooks. And like, that's something that helps. But like, I, I do think that there's, there needs to be a discussion and, and, and like it personally, I just think that that needs to be evaluated. Just, I think the coaching staff needs to be evaluated and the coach needs to be evaluated just like the players. And I think, um, I, and I know, and I, I, I know that might seem harsh, but it's just like, I, I just think that that after two seasons, and really not like, like we're seeing individual improvement. We still haven't seen improvement as a group that, you know, when is that going to come? Because that's also part of this. It's not just, you know, raising the stock of individual players. It's, it's, it's how does this team come together and win? And, and, and I don't know that they've gotten that they're there yet as an organization. And that, and I, and, and that's kind of what, that was kind of the point of my blazer banter, sure. like column. I think that there were going to be some staffing changes this uh, summer. I don't know who they're going to be or who they might look at to replace someone. I know there was a report, uh, my guy Jake Fisher, who's at Yahoo now, I work with him at Bleacher Report. He is pretty plugged in when it comes to like this sort of like staffing, you know, movement, that kind of stuff. A couple, like, like, like a week ago, maybe a week and a half ago, he had like a coaching notebook and he connected Scott Brooks, who is Chauncey's lead assistant as of right now, to Houston. It doesn't sound like, just based on like the reports that we've seen of candidates, that he that Scott Brooks is really going to be a candidate for the head coaching job because, you know, some names have come up there like, you know, Nick Nurse if Toronto moves on from him or uh, Ime Udoka or Kenny Atkinson. Like, there there have been names that, like, Woj and Shams have could have. Like, it seems like those are, like, the real candidates. But the, the thing that Jake pointed out is, you know, given that everybody kind of is working under the assumption that there's a good chance that James Harden goes back to Houston this offseason as a free agent from Philly – that Scott Brooks coached James Harden back in the day in Oklahoma City, and they still have a relationship, and that Scott Brooks is somebody that Harden would want to be part of the staff. So even if, like, let's say they hire, I don't know, Kenny Atkinson or Ime Udoka or one of these, Adrian Griffin, one of these guys that is, like, rumored to actually be a candidate for the head coaching job who's maybe a little bit of a bigger swing and a bigger name than Scott Brooks, but I could see Scott Brooks going there maybe as a lead assistant if Harden is really pushing for him and he ends up going there. Well, it's Scott, that... Brooks, Scott Brooks also played for the Houston Rockets. Right. Won some champion, was on a couple championship mm-hmm. teams. Yeah, like, yeah. like, like there's also that connection there sure. as well. So I think, I think that they could play up. Right. Uh, for, for that angle. Right. I think that like, that's, that's a possibility. And the guy that, uh, that Danny or Danny Morang, our, our good buddy, friend of the program has been kind of floating, on his various programs as like a possible guy to bring in as a new lead assistant who maybe brings a little bit more of that like tangible like you know we'll get results out of this than the scott brooks idea is somebody like dave yeager who you know depending on what happens in philly like that whole situation might be up in the air like if they don't make the conference finals like doc rivers might get fired and so there might be some movement there so like dave yeager is somebody that they could bring in and that's a guy that you know with a proven track record of getting a lot out of teams that maybe aren't as talented when he was a head coach both in memphis and in sacramento like in sacramento when he was the head coach in sacramento i know he had like a personality that rubbed some people the wrong way but that last kings team before he got fired was the best kings team of the 16 years where they didn't make the playoffs 
Yeah. So, like, you know, Jaeger is somebody that would be, you know, worth looking at. Like, there well, are I guys... Think when, he, when he coached Memphis, too, like, I remember, like, back to my point a little bit about, like, the off- lack of offensive creativity. Like, when he took over the Memphis job, like, they started doing some more things and, yeah. like, kind of using Mark Gasol's passing as more of, a, like, a weapon and, and, and just doing more creative things. And I, and I just think that, like... And I just think that I, I think that the Blazers could use some of that. I just th- I just think that, like I said, I thought I thought they left a lot left a lot of meat on the bone yeah. as far as the offense. Yes, and I don't I don't think Joe's dumb. I think Joe knows all of this stuff. I think that I think he sees the same stuff that we all see. I think Chauncey sees it. I think when Joe talked about when they all talked about like we need to get more vets. I think, like, you know, the headline of that was, yeah, they're talking about players, and, like, it's not good that Dame is the only over-30 guy on this team, and you're not going to really have a lot of teams that are serious contenders where you don't have any veterans. But I think, especially with Chauncey's inexperience as a head coach, I think you do have to get more experience on the staff. And really, Roy Rogers, who's kind of their defensive specialist, you know, guy on the bench, is the only guy that you can really point to and say... This is a guy with a long, long, long track record. And then, by the way, this is not an indictment of any of the individual guys on the existing coaching staff. Steve Hetzel is a guy, he coached the Summer League team last year, and he's a guy that I've universally heard nothing but great things about from players, and he's very valuable there. Uh, Jonah Hersku, who they just hired from uh, Sacramento before the season, is somebody that I've heard good things about. Even, honestly, even... You know, if you want to point to, you know, the guy that probably is going to get the most scrutiny if you're looking down the bench, but Chauncey Billups' brother, Rodney. Like, as much as you want to say, like, okay, what is Chauncey Billups' brother doing on the staff? I've only ever heard that Rodney puts in the work and players like him, and he, like, I've, I have not heard anything negative about, about his contributions to the staff. But, you know, there is also, like, is there is an element, and there is something to the idea that, yeah, like, when you have a coach who's only been a head coach for two years and his only experience before that was one year as an assistant coach with the Clippers, you do need more experience on the staff. And I think that is something that they're going to look at and something that they should look at. I mean, you know, you look at it seem like Sacramento. Uh They've got Mike Brown, who's been a coach for a long time. His assistant, his lead assistant is Jay Triano, who's who's been a coach in the NBA for like 20 years. Yeah. Like this is more of like the stuff or like, or like look at the Warriors the past couple of years when they had Mike Brown, Kenny Atkinson and Steve Kerr and uh, Alvin Gentry was in that Alvin, job before. Yeah. 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 Like the, I'm just saying that like, I don't, I don't doubt that those guys work really hard. I just know that other teams that are trying to get to where Dame wants to go. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh have a lot more experience on the bench. And that is more my point. Like is just that, that that's, and it's not, it's not anything against that. It's against them. It's, it's for experience is really where I'm getting at. I will also say that when it comes to the people on the staff, and even maybe some of the players kind of at the end of the roster where it's more of a developmental focus. Uh, It might not even be a question of letting some of those folks go as much as, you know, something Joe was asked about, and I don't want to spend too much time on this until there's more, you know, out there about it. But 
something Joe was asked about at his exit interview is what the status is of the Blazers getting a G League team. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's something that we're going to see something about soon. I, you know, I, 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 I don't, I don't know enough solidly to say more than that, but I think that's something that before the start of next season, we're going to see the Blazers having a G League team. And then maybe that's something where like, maybe Rodney Billups like moves on to the G League staff and it like gets, you know, gets to do that and do more of the player development stuff. And then the actual NBA team can, you know, focus on hiring more, more experienced assistants because they're focused on winning now. Like that, that's, that's a way that I could see that situation kind of resolving itself. Right. Yeah. I'm not saying that. Well, like, and also it's like, like, I'm going to be honest. Like, I know Jody has the money to pay assistant coaches. Like, yeah, they, like they, the Vulcans they, have. They, and by the way, they, by the they way, have, by the way, they have more money than most ownership groups. Yeah. Like, they have gotten away with saying with not having to pay the luxury tax, even though they are in the probably the top six uh-huh. richest owners in this league. Like, at some point, like they've got to also like even you know maybe they're going to sell and who knows maybe they uh-huh. will. But like, if they're not going to. Then they've got to they've got to play the game a little bit. It's like, or at least I would like them to play the game a little bit. Or and and I think Dane would like them to. Or at, at some point, if you know, the un the the un the the conversation that nobody wants to have is going to have to happen because if they don't actually start, this is back to like they have to be serious people about this. And and I and I just don't. And I'm waiting to see that. And I think part of that is ownership for sure. I will say this: I big have part. I'll I think you know just based on stuff i've heard based on conversations that i've had i have not heard that the vulcans have said you can't spend this money i have heard that i you know i had heard at the deadline that if there was a move that would have made them serious contenders that would have pushed them into the luxury tax they would have signed off on it. And I and I will be, if Dame is still on the roster this coming season, which I expect him to be until we hear otherwise, I would be surprised if they are not in the luxury tax. I think that is going to happen. I also will say that they have made, like as far as like spending money on things besides the roster, and I, you know, to your point, they even when Paul Allen was alive, they never really paid for, you know, head coach you know assistant coaches and make you know made big splashy hires like that but you look at what they've allowed joe to do as far as building out the front office and bringing in guys like mike schmidt and doubling the amount of scouts and hiring multiple assistant general managers they have been willing to spend money on that kind of stuff and you know a a g league team which i think again is in the cards for the near future is something that costs money to run they are they are putting I'm, i'm just i'm not i'm not trying to you know carry water for anybody i certainly understand everybody's frustrations with like maybe if we want an owner that's more engaged or you want an owner that's more you know just throwing money around all the time like steve Ballmer or joe sire or, or whoever but the the notion that jody allen and burt cole and the vulcans are just not spending any money on anything i think is a little bit of a of a misrepresentation fair i guess i just think that they could spend a little bit sure no i hear you i hear you i don't <laughs> right, like, i don't disagree i, I don't I disagree at all i just think they could spend some more because i know they've got they've got it and more and more money than god like yeah i don't like, disagree like I, like like i just you know just, that that's all that's what that's all i'm saying like it's it's like saying i know like 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 and so 
I feel that. I, I understand. And look, you're right. They have built out the front office. They have definitely invested in that. I just would love to see some extra experience experience and brain power on on the bench. And, and I think, um, yeah, you know, and I, this is kind of like maybe this is uh, – I feel like Chauncey should coach Summer League. That's not the worst idea in the world. I, I, like, like, I'm sorry, man. Like, he needs to keep coaching. Like, like, I know it's stressful, but it's like, because I, I think there's a good coach in there. I just think he's got to, he, like, I think, like, I don't know. And maybe the summer league is just so different because guys, it's more like what, developmental this, guys and like taking yeah, a look at guys. Yeah, and maybe, and the real thing is he's he needs, and and I think, look. The thing that encouraged me, at least, is that he was like, I want to show that I can coach vets. Uh-huh. And so he admitted that, like, he didn't do a good job the first time. Uh-huh. And so that did encourage me. And I think he has the room to grow. Like, I like, and I think he, I think he's very smart. And that's the thing about it is that I think sometimes he gets too micromanagey. And I think he tries to, he has the players think, and I think he, he wants them thinking so much that I think he, they, he sometimes gets them to overthink. And I think that I think would be my, is I think he needs to think, figure out what he wants to do with the team and trust it and let the players do it. Because I think that was one of the greatest things about Terry Stotts was that he gave, he gave everybody the freedom or at least feel like they had the freedom, which might be even more important, is make them feel like they have the freedom to go out there and do things. Cause like, and make mistakes. Cause like, I wouldn't say that the Blazers kind of played with that like freedom and they still like, they turned the ball over a hell of a lot. Like they were really sloppy. Like, I mean, Dame also, I will say that was like the one bad thing that he did this year. He did had a bad year with the turnovers, but I think part of it was also too, just like playing with some guys that maybe don't, they didn't know how to play. He was playing in a different way. Like, I just think that with the next, I think the challenge for Chauncey, especially on the offensive end, which is the defensive, like they already have to, they have a lot of work cut out for them, but I think, and I think Roy Rogers has a good, I think they do some creative things, but I think, they just need to, again, I think they need to trust more and try to just let, let things work themselves out. Cause I think sometimes, uh, which I know a lot of people will be like, call a timeout, call a timeout, which goes against what, like what some people were saying, but I think it's more just like, he's very smart. I think sometimes he, he want when he sees things happen, he wants to correct them and change them. And I think sometimes there is something to be said for like, making sure that the guys know what you you want out of them and then letting them kind of do it over and over and over again, because, and, and I think also, also playing to game strengths and winning games and focusing on that instead of trying to be like, well, we need to play a certain way in the postseason. Like it doesn't like, I felt Make like the that was season and then worry about that. <laughs> yeah. I, Cause I think, I think that was a big impetus by like having games so much off the ball so much at the start of the season was like, well, if we're going to play against teams in the playoffs and they're going to take Dame away and they're going to top lock him, like, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? Like, we have to know how to do to attack that. But like, 
I think they put the cart before the horse on that one. Mm-hmm. So there's two major takeaways from exit interviews that I want to kind of get to before we get out of here. Mm-hmm. To me, the two most significant things that came out of it. One, and this is from Dame, like basically explicitly, like the thing, the thing, you know, the quote that got you know, aggregated everywhere about like, I don't want to ha- have to watch more 19 year olds develop. And then also like Joe, like Joe couldn't come out right and say it, but I think it's pretty obvious just reading between the lines that if, so they have a 10 and a half percent chance of winning the lottery and getting Victor Wembanyama. And if that happens, obviously like they're going to take Victor Wembanyama and then you, you know, you get, you got Tim Duncan, you got LeBron James, you're set for the next 20 years. No, yeah, you're, 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 you're going to be a playoff team immediately. Like, like this guy, like Wemby, like, okay. He is in the French League, and his team, like, literally was basically, like, just created. Getting relegated, and basically. Yeah. They were, yeah. And and now they're at the top of the league. They're, like, they still, like, lose against, some, like, the veteran EuroLeague teams and, like, Mike James's team on Monaco. Like, they – but they – they're good. They win games. And their guards – do you ever – this Saturday they're going to play his game on the NBA app. His guards don't pass to him, like, at all. Like – He's he's out there. Everything that he gets, he is is hunting himself. Like and because like I get it. Got European guards like they're out there. They're playing. They're playing for a new contract every single year. Like yeah. it's not like here, where. But like, I just I, I watch you watch him with this kind of like the lack of service he gets from these guards, and just think about how he would be with Damian Lillard. I mean, it's just like it would be basketball. It would be basketball like symphony yeah so if they get the number one pick that changes the conversation entirely i think yeah. if they don't get number one they're gonna trade the pick which like i, I i'm down i mean I, I i think scoot obviously is not a fit though no, you don't need scoot um scoot is great but i think you trade that because i think so many teams would kill for scoot yeah i think so many teams would kill for scoot and you could get a lot for Scoot. And and the new buzz is that Brandon Miller is rising up the board to number two. Yeah. Which, you know, he kind of is like, I think he, again, I, I, I think there's a lot of things about his game. He's kind of like a Paul George. Like, that's like the comp that a lot of people throw out there. Right. Then there was also the situation that he was involved in that he was like kind of, or not involved in, that he was kind of like wrong place, wrong time. Right. Uh, situation. But I think that's another – but I think Brandon Miller is really more the type of player that I think Dame is talking about, right? Like yeah. like a 19-year-old who's going to need a lot of ball. He's going to need to develop. And it's really probably not really the it's right – It's not spot. on the timeline. It's not on the timeline. It's not the right place. Like, And I think while he was good, he does need the ball a lot. And I feel like the one thing I can definitely say about Shaden is that like – he definitely showed that he could also play without the ball and spot up and cut yeah. and do other things that like, I don't feel like you have to, tr- you'd have to spend a whole year. You'd have to spend a whole year training Brandon Miller on right. how to play like that. And like, again, like scoot a guy that you could probably get quite a bit from and could also entice teams in like three cheap trade scenarios. Like I'm thinking a team like Toronto, because you know, let's say they lose tonight against the Bulls. You know, 
what what after giving up a first round pick at the trade deadline i mean siakam is definitely somebody that i'm looking at as somebody that portland might i mean brandon miller for siakam sounds like a pretty good deal if you're if you're the if you're the if you're the raptors because like i think a lot of their fans were hoping that they would tank to get a pick of that caliber so it's like okay well if we got to move on from the 2019 championship core if it's finally that time at least we got this dude who's you know averaging like 30 a game in college and 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 go that way and 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 that is probably and can play with scotty and scotty can be point forward and that's on the same timeline like it it all like to me something like that makes a lot of sense yeah and and that's why i'm saying if it's not if it's not wemby then I think they are going to trade the pick. Yeah, yeah. So no, I, yeah. I'm going to read you two quotes that are related together from exit interviews. And this is kind of, yeah, you just mentioned Shaden. This is both about whether Shaden and Ant can coexist. This first one is Chauncey being asked that question. Here's his answer in its entirety. Quote, I'm not sure. Those kind of decisions will be made by people in the higher positions than me. But those two guys are really, really good young players, and I'm pretty sure they have a ton of value everywhere. So I don't know the answer to that question. Now here's Joe Cronin answering the same question. Quote, I think it's something we have to look at. I look at it as a great problem to have. I wish we had a multitude of talent at every position, and we had to figure out how to maximize each of those guys. Their games are different, but at the same time, they play similar positions. Both are more two than one or three. I think you've got to figure that out and you wonder how does the fit work? How do the minutes work? Are there other holes that you need to fill instead? It's an exercise that we'll have to go through and evaluate. But on an individual level, I love both of those guys. I think they're both mega talented and I'm thrilled that we have them. I mean, so they, they know. Yeah, yeah, they, they, yeah, they, they know. know. That, they know that they've got to trade. They've got to trade. Think and I think that, and I think that Dame, like the part of, like the quote. I'm actually going to pull this one up too. Uh, the quote that Dame had that, like, again, went viral because of the. Uh, I don't want to build around guys that are two or three years away, and of course, when that quote came out. You know, all the all the social media accounts were like running with it and be like, hey, is this Dame saying he wants out? Like, but here's the full quote, and I think this is instructive also as somebody who, you know, I know Dame quite well. I know, you know, everybody kind of involved in the situation. Like, this is kind of the where I kind of read this. He says, quote, I don't have much of an appetite for building and guys two or three years away from really going after it. And this is the important part here. We get Shaden at 19 and he's just different. Being around him, his disposition, how he listens, his frame and his natural talent, that's enough 19-year-old, you know what I'm saying? You probably won't find one that has come along the way he has. I'm just not interested in that, being honest. So that's Dame saying, like, Shaden is... He wants Shaden. He wants yeah, Shaden. Like, yeah. He, he, yeah, and then also, I mean, like, Chauncey... Chauncey play with him. Right, and also, like, Chauncey called Shaden's development the bright spot of their entire season. So just, just putting all that stuff together... I think they know what has to happen. And I think Dame saying that is significant, A, because he and Ant are, like, extremely, extremely close friends. And, like, Ant is a Phil Beckner guy. Like, they work out together. And this, like, that that's one of Dame's guys. So that's that part of it. And then also, if you remember draft night in 2022, when they had the number seven pick, they, you know, they talked to Toronto about OG. They talked to Atlanta about John Collins. Like, they had serious discussions about trading the number seven pick for 
somebody who's more of a win-now guy on Dame's timeline. They didn't do it. They took maybe the most raw, high-upside, you know, unproven guy in the entire draft. And do you, do you remember, during the game that was supposed to be Shaden's Summer League debut, but either he got hurt five minutes into the game, They during that game, that game was broadcast on ESPN, and Dame, like, during the game, did a, like, sideline interview with Cassidy Hubbard on ESPN, where he was asked about Shaden, and Shaden, and he basically said, like, he needs to prove to me that he wants, you know, to be that level of player to prove that you're worth the pick. Dame was, I, I, I know, like, I also know private, like, Dame was not thrilled that they kept the pick and took somebody and rather than trade the pick for, like, OG well, or whatever. And, and yeah, and they, and, they, and they took, to your point, the guy who was, like, the, according to a lot of people, was the least NBA-ready, right. like, guy. Like, the, he, like, people were like, oh, he's got to be in the G League, he's got to, you yeah, know, yeah. like... All this stuff. And, and the and, fact that now Dame is saying in exit interviews, like, I don't want another 19-year-old, but I'm cool. Like, I like it. I like what I've seen from Shaden enough that, like, this is a guy that I want to keep and a guy I want to build around. I think that, that that that's significant to me. Yeah, and I think it also speaks to, like, what he said about, like, how he how much he respects Cronin and 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 the front office and what and and Chauncey as well. And I think that me to me that just adds to the fact that like I do believe him. I just think you know they've got to make that move to get more uh high end starting caliber talent. Um and I at, think trading at at, Ant, at, at, at 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 with with deep with more defensive upside. And I think trading Ant also just from a building's team building standpoint makes more sense than trading Shaden because a Ant's salary, he's making like, he's 23 this year. I think he's making like 24 next year. You know, so, but it's, it's like somewhere in there it escalates. But that, if you're trading for somebody in like the Pascal Siakam, Jalen Brown, like who, whoever the guy is like of that level that is available. Yeah, you need the money. You need to make the money match. And Ant's contract is, is easy to kind of make the money match. You, you know, put him and Nurk together. Like that's enough to match most, you know, salaries of, the, of those types of guys. The other thing about it is when you trade for whoever, Shaden still, I think Shaden made like six million this year. Like he still has three years left on a rookie deal before you got to pay him. Mm-hmm. So like, yeah, just yeah, from yeah, a team yeah. building standpoint, and like being able to use that, that money on other stuff, you got to keep that. If they're even close, if Ant and Shaden, like I think it, there was a time earlier in the season where you would look at like we all kind of knew most of the year that eventually they're going to have to decide between those two and trade one or the other. There was a time where, like, Shaden was looking like he was kind of lost. He was still kind of finding his way. And you're just like, I don't know. Is this guy going to be ready on Dame's timeline? Maybe that's the guy that you look at trading because you can get a lot for him because he's got a lot of upside. Now I think the leap that Shaden has made in the last month makes that a little bit of, like, I think, like, just hypothetically, you know, if all this stuff blows up with Philly and somebody on the Sixers becomes available, Shaden's going to have to be in that trade because that's... Yeah, that's that, just, that's just another, how that works. Yeah, but that's below story. below that, I don't think like I think Shaden has traded him has played himself out of being traded for anybody below that. Yeah, no, like like Pascal Siakam, no, you know, I would not trade or, or like anyone like 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 at any, that level. Any, yeah, anybody at that like like just like your regular all star level, right, right. Uh, superstar level. Yeah, I would trade, but like right. That see, but that's you know, um, but that's see, this is the challenge that they've they've got. Uh, but is it like you said, a good problem to have at least that they have Ant. That again, you know, a lot of teams that are going to need guards that are going to like that that don't have guys that can create their own shot. I mean, I, Toronto is one that I just mentioned. Um, I think Miami is another team 
that that could use a, guard, a point guard mm-hmm. that can create shots like that. Uh, Br- Brooklyn, Boston, Boston. Um, gosh, I mean, th- there's just so many teams that could use that. I mean, it's. It, I mean, Dallas. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> although, although you know, who knows what happens? What's going to happen there with Kyrie, and 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 then Luca, of course. Um, yeah, no, I mean, I, I think it's it, it's it should be interesting. I, I think the the lottery will again will dictate yeah. how you know there will, will dictate their a position of strength. You know, like if they, if they even if they don't get number one, if they still move up from five or even maintain five, they are going to have a good chance of, of getting something good for that pick from someone who, you know, wants to kind of kick into a process type of thing that doesn't have someone like Damian Lillard who wants to win and is ready to win. Uh, You know, so I, I think, yeah, no, I I think there, there's a lot of positives. I, I I just think I, you know, I I think I want to like, my, my, my column is kind of about like my skepticisms, which I think, you know, that ha- I guarantee you these conversations are going on. Yes. If, if they're as smart as we think they are, they, they've, they, they had these conversations two months ago. You know, what you I'm didn't saying? write anything that I don't think they haven't talked about. Internally. Right. Exactly. Of course. So, so that, that, that's what I would hope. So, 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 uh, with that said, I, I think everyone should be rooting for the Chicago Bulls tonight. Uh, for, <laughs> Everybody uh, should be rooting for. So here's so here's so here's the agenda. I actually have this pulled up because I, Sean, I, I Sean, Sean has it written down. I actually went through. <laughs> I think I mean the, I the West is just going to be whatever. I don't think that any. Uh, I don't. I don't think anything that happens in the West is really going to affect who's available wherever because I don't know of any of those. But the Hawks beating the Heat last night was helpful. The Bulls beating the Raptors tonight would be helpful. The Bulls then beating the Heat in the 8-9 game would be helpful. Yes. Uh, Brooklyn losing in the first round of Philly would be helpful. Okay. Yeah, I I think so, too. Boston then beating Philly in the second round would be helpful. Yeah. Milwaukee beating Boston in the conference finals would be helpful. So Milwaukee... Eastern Conference champions is yes. is, is is kind of Milwaukee. Milwaukee or, it has to be Milwaukee. Milwaukee or also, Milwaukee or I guess Cleveland. If, sure. if, if like Cleveland, Cleveland, I, I guess honestly uh, that'd be that'd be the most fun outcome. Like it'd be cool if that happened. I don't I don't see it. I like I think I think I think if you're asking me, even even outside of it being helpful for the agenda, if you ask me which team in the East I feel the best about, and I'm, frankly, which team in the league do I feel best about winning the title? I'm going with Milwaukee. Yeah, I think I've got to go Milwaukee too, based off of this Jalen Brown injury to his hand thing. Yeah, um, I think I'll have to go Milwaukee there, but I'm also leaning. I know it's your squad. You're, no, but, I mean the Celtics, of course, but uh, no, uh, this is not my squad. But this is a team that. I have immense respect for, and a couple of months ago, I put a future on just because I felt like it was going to be at good value as Golden State. Sure, yeah. I mean, I just, yeah. I just, I just like, yeah. like I hate, I hate to say it, but just like now they got Wiggins back. Like I just think that I mean they're the defending champions. Steph, Dre, and Clay. Wiggins is not playing in the first round, as far as I know. 
But they okay. But they still have Steph Dre and Clay, mm-hmm. and they have GP two back. And I think I do. Th- I believe in the Beam team. I think the Beam team is going to give them a battle. And I I would I want Sacramento to win that series. Mm-hmm. But I just think I think if I had to say who's my team right now to win the championship, uh, I think I would actually probably pick Golden State. Um, still, because yeah. um, if they I, get Wiggins back second round, um, I'm still going with Milwaukee. But like I. Honestly, you could talk me into like three or four teams in the West. There's not like a clear favorite there. Yeah, my my, my sneaky West team is the Clippers. I don't know when Paul George is going to be back, and I don't know if they're going to hold up physically. That's the that's the only reason I disagree with that. Right. I uh, and I. That's fair. I do think that Kawhi literally is built for this. Like like like, like he literally like. Having two no, or three no, days off between no, everything, and, and no, and but nobody is like nobody. He's the he's the face of load management, and because obviously he's got, but like it's not just because he wants to miss these games. It's because he's focused on being great right now. Okay, yeah, no, you I think you're right. But like, and, right. so, and, and so, like, I just like I think like I think the Suns are very formidable. Obviously, like they're gonna be they're gonna be trouble. Like they're gonna mm-hmm. be amazing to watch watching booker and watching kevin durant go to work is super fun like i don't like i'm not trying to hate i just do think that they you know they haven't really to me they haven't really beaten anybody yet um in in turn in these eight games that katie has played yeah i hear you i mean i i have i have i have i have the name like the team's like committed to memory now it's like charlotte chicago Denver twice without Jokic, San Antonio, like Dallas. Not exactly like world beaters. Yeah, like a bunch of teams that are either on the fringes of the playoffs or didn't make the playoffs. Like, or like, don't have their or don't have their MVP candidate playing. Yes, and so like would like to see them. You know, I, I think just because they are the team that most people have been betting on for a while, I doesn't make me think that it, that like that series is just like slam dunk, like suns in four, you know what I'm saying? Like, cause right. like it feels like that's the way it's being talked about. Um, and I think, you know, these two teams went six a couple of years ago and obviously they didn't have Kevin Durant, then the Suns, but the Clippers didn't have Kawhi. Right. And, and I think, I think other. I think the rest of their team has actually gotten quite better. I think Norman Powell's going to have a great series. I think it's great that they have Cummington. Like Batum was really just doing so much for them, and I think he's just in a much better role. Like I just think, I think the Clippers are just a much better spot than 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 maybe a lot of people were really giving them credit for because they are the Clippers. Well, one thing I said this on Twitter last night during the play-in games. One thing I love about the team that I cover and I spend most of my time thinking about for work, not being involved at all in the playoffs, is I can just hang out and watch the games and I don't have to, like, worry about, like, oh, what does this mean for, like, something I have to write or something I have to do, like, or, you know, what does this mean for, like, the Discord? Like, it it doesn't affect me professionally what happens in the playoffs. I can just chill and enjoy it and watch it. Yeah, I'm happy no, about that. Yeah, no, I'm, I I had a blast last night. It yeah. was super fun watching the play-in games and just like being like it felt like it was like the first night that like NBA Twitter felt fun. Yeah. Uh, instead, instead of like uh, hand ringing about MVP discourse, hand ringing about MVP discourse, or you know 
who choked and why, you know, I'm so glad. There was like, a little he, bit of that with Cap. There was but... a little bit of that with Cap, but then there was also, you know, we don't have to hear about people talking shit about Dame for no reason. We, you know, we don't have to hear people, we don't have to hear about Kyrie anymore. Like, it's just like, it's just so great. Like, it's just, and like, we can just watch basketball and it's yeah. just like, and, and like, yeah, I, I mean, dude, the cat choking shit is kind of BS. Cause like he got, he got screwed by the refs. Like, like he got, he got a, some BS. That fifth foul was terrible and it took him out of the rhythm. And I, and I think like anybody who has ever played pickup basketball even understands how important rhythm is to your game. And Cal was in a really good rhythm the whole game, and it felt like at the very end they like at the at the start of that fourth quarter when they gave him that fifth ball with like nine minutes left. Like that's just right. that's just cr- that's just killer, and like also kills how aggressive you can be on defense. And I thought you know he was actually doing a really good job against Anthony Davis uh, for the first three quarters. That was the best game of Cat's career, given yeah. the stakes, given the circumstances, given everything else that had been going on with that team. The Anthony Edwards thing worries me. Like I think he might actually be hurt. I know that 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 fall that he took, he was never the same after that, and he was not attacking the basket, maybe because he was afraid to take another fall because he was woozy, and I you know I hope he's I hope they checked him for a concussion you know like we'll like you know the good news is that they're gonna I'm actually I guess they have to play again uh, on Friday but they have a few days to get this kind of sorted out. But yeah, I think the team that I would most hope, and this is just from a enjoyment of the game's perspective, this is not any kind of, you know, the East stuff, if you're somebody who watched the Portland Trailblazers to do well, there are certain teams that you want to lose so that their players might become available. Everything in the West is just vibes. The team that I would most like to see come out of the 9-10, like the, out of the remaining play-ins is Oklahoma City. I'm totally with you. I'm 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 on Oklahoma City tonight as well on on the on Eric's gambling corner because it's like oh what are your other options like New Orleans probably without Zion or like the Timberwolves with all this stuff going on like I mean look look I mean uh, CJ knows how to win these games yeah um you know he stepped up huge last year in the play in games like he was major Ingram also was major but I thought CJ. He really showed his like his leadership and and, and just like his like just d- demeanor under pressure in those. But they games. also just have no chance to go anywhere without Zion. No, and and also like this Oklahoma City team is much better than that Spurs team that they played last year. Like, there's so many more live wires. They can play a five out style. They can go without a center and not really hurt them. Shea's but, gonna make first team All NBA. Shea's gonna make first team All NBA. He's arguably the best player in this game. Jay Williams, like Giddy, like I just think they've got a lot of like Dort, Dort, yeah, Dort. They'll put Dort on CJ or Dort on Ingram. Like they've got dudes. I really like this Oklahoma City team. I I do too. I mean, I I they were my favorite team. They were one of my favorite teams to watch all season on League Pass. One of my favorite teams to bet on because they were like one of the best teams against the spread all season. Mm-hmm. Um and. Yeah, OKC is a blast. And also, I think something to watch for that I'm going to call out right now. You, In much in the way that the Blazers were like, they were the signature team of blowing enormous leads, Oklahoma City is one of the best teams in the league coming back from big deficits. So even if they went down, even if they go down 18, 19, 20 in this game, 
in an elimination game, I would not like, I would not turn that game off because they can get like Isaiah Joe, who has not missed a three pointer all season. No, he's just like, he, he's like, all he does is come off the bench and make threes. And, and, and he was on the Sixers and he was like a bit like Sixers Twitter was all about him. And he was a draft drafted by the Sixers, but he didn't make the rotation, got cut by Maury and then thrives in Oklahoma city, you know? So, uh, yeah, I, I think he's going to have a good game too. So and he's a guy when they're down that can bring them back like that. And so I just think that this is going to be a fun game, even if there's, I think there's, there's a potential for big lead swings in this late, in that late game. Absolutely. So Eric, we're going to, you know, we're, we're going to do more of these pods as the off season progresses and the draft and, you know, comes up and into free agency and all of that stuff. But this was an important one we had to get in revisiting our predictions, you know, kind of just wrapping up the season. So, and again, you don't write on it often, but blazerbanter.substack.com. Yes. Unlike my, unlike my stuff, Eric's doesn't cost money. So yeah, mine's free. Although someone did pledge $80 to uh, my Substack. So thank you for that uh, yeah. to, to that person. I'm not uh, telling anybody not to give Eric money, but you don't have to. Yeah, you can you can give me money. I, I have that option turned on on uh, my Substack. Um, so thank you uh, for that, and and thank you for subscribing anyway and reading. The reason I don't charge is because you know I, I I'm not writing that often. I don't feel like it was you know that fair. Right. But if I ever do start writing more often, I might charge. So we'll see. Uh, but, but subscribe to Sean's pay for Sean's Sean's kicks ass. Uh, so thank you. All right. Got that. Uh, we'll talk to you soon.